Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Salvation. Now, one of those places is found in Hebrews 6 and 4, if you'll turn over there, Hebrews 6 and 4, and I want to read that just for a moment. Hebrews 6 and 4 says this, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Verse 5, and have tasted the good word of God and tasted the powers of the world to come. Verse 6, if they shall fall away, it's impossible for them to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. So that's what that scripture says. Now, there are many places where it talks about a reprobate mind and a possibility of falling away. How many of you know you got to put it all together, though, right? So here's what I want you to hear. You can't, you cannot send your salvation away. You cannot send it away. Well, Pastor, I thought you said you just, I thought you just said you didn't. No, no, I didn't. I said there's a possible, there's, there's a possibility of a person losing their salvation. But you can't send your salvation away. In other words, sin won't cause you to lose your salvation. So you cannot send your salvation away, but you can renounce it. You can't send it away, but you can renounce it. You can reject it. See, rejecting your faith isn't easily done, but it is possible. The scripture here talks about after you've been enlightened, after you've gotten the word of God, after you did all of these things, and then to renounce it. I can't imagine a person who's tasted God's goodness and God's grace and then just just renounce it. So even though it's possible, you're going to find out in this series that God made it very difficult for you to even qualify to be able to do it. Oh, boy, God's good, amen? And and besides all of that, ladies and gentlemen, rejecting your faith isn't easily done, but it is possible. And I don't believe there are many who do fall away like this. But the idea has been that people think that Sin can cause you to lose your salvation. It is possible for you to lose your salvation, but it's not possible for sin to be responsible for you losing your salvation. See, when you say that, you're saying that sin is greater than grace that gave it to you. And the Bible says when sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So every time sin increases, there's some more grace that's going to be better than sin. Ah. Now, Hebrews 3.13 tells us if, if, if it's even going to be possible, 
if it's even going to be possible, Hebrews uh, 3, uh, uh, Hebrews 3, 13 to 14, if it's even going to be possible for you to renounce sin and reject Jesus, it's going to take a little while. Because in Hebrews 3, verse 13, it says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So he says what happens is, if you keep sinning and keep sinning and keep sinning and keep sinning and keep sinning, then it's going to harden your heart. Look at verse 14. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So what this scripture is saying is, by sinning and sinning and sinning and sinning and sinning, over a period of time, the Bible warns you, be careful, because if you just keep on sinning and sinning and sinning and sinning and sinning, eventually your heart becomes hardened. And so you can't renounce your salvation without, first of all, having a hardened heart. But when you get saved and you're under grace, grace is not going to be teaching you to keep sinning and keep sinning and keep sinning and keep sinning. When you get under the grace of God, you don't sin more, you sin less. So once you get saved, it's not the issue of, I'm going to keep sinning, keep sinning, keep sinning. Once you get saved, you're going to fall in Jesus, you're going to fall in love with Jesus so much that you're not going to be interested in sinning because the new nature in you desires to live holy, not to keep sinning. So if you assume that by getting born again, I'm just going to keep sinning and keep sinning and keep sinning and keep sinning, that's going to be hard to do when you've got a brand new nature. Are you listening to me? So you see, while it is possible, it looks to me that Jesus is making it very difficult. <laughs> you would have to harden your heart towards God in order to renounce him or to reject him. So now... Uh, let me show you a quick illustration here. In Matthew chapter 12, and, and I, I debated whether or not I was going to show this, but I, I, I think it would be good. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 31 and 32, uh, Jesus begins to say something about blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And uh, again, of the possibilities of it. And in Matthew 12, verse 31 and 32, he says, Wherefore I say unto you, all, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Verse 32. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Now that sounds pretty strange. But at the same time, the Apostle Paul did this. The Apostle Paul was guilty of blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. Well, let's see what his out outcome was. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And when you get to 1 Timothy chapter 1, look at verse 13. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13. Verse 13 says this. Talking about Paul, Paul, who was before a blasphemer. Paul, who was before a blasphemer, he was before a persecutor, he was injurious. He said, Paul said, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. See, 
you might emotionally say, God, I won't have nothing to do with you no more. Yeah, you ignorant. You emotional. You don't even qualify. Okay? So even though he did this, he was ignorant. He was emotional. He wasn't even saved. He hadn't had his, 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 his experience in the road of Damascus. Yet it is possible, but it, came, it seems to me that God's making it extremely difficult. Yeah, that's his love, you know. So, I want to conclude this section by saying this. If you can send your salvation away, then the only way to heaven is to die immediately after you got born again. If you can send your salvation away after experiencing this love, after experiencing this grace, after experiencing this forgiveness, after, after experiencing his presence, if you can send your salvation away, then the best thing for you to do, the best thing for us to do is to turn the prayer room in to a place where we kill people. Because the best thing for us to do is take you upstairs, get you born again, and blow your brains out, and you in heaven. That's the only way we can guarantee you're going to get there if you can send your salvation away. Are y'all seeing this? Wow. Because the problem says, well, 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 wait a minute now. Because what we really believe, what we really believe is this. What we really believe is we don't really believe that all the sin will, will, will send you to hell. You can't lose your salvation for doing all the sin. Well, wait a minute now. Big sin, little sin is still sin. Okay, so now, if, if, if you can send away your salvation, then all of us qualify because, number one, he says, whatever's done not of faith is sin. So when, whenever you do something not of faith, that means you're doing it in doubt. That means you're doing it in unbelief. So that's everybody in the room, okay? There's times where everybody, we doubted some of the things we do. We, we, we wasn't quite convinced there. And he says, that's sin. Whatever's done not of faith is sin. And then the, the other scripture says, to know to do good and do it is not, to him, is sin. I mean, how many people in the room, well, we've had opportunities, we knew to do good, but we didn't do it. It was sin. So that's everybody in the room. So if we can send away our salvation, if you keep doing just those two things. See, that, we don't mean that. We mean if you break the big ten. Not those little ones, not. You got to kill some people and commit adultery, and and then and then then notice you don't even mean you don't you don't really mean that. You mean you got to do that over and over again. Well, my question is is how much sin is it gonna take for me to lose my salvation? And, and which ones will it take for me to lose my salvation? You know, I told the story when when I was a little boy, me and my friend went to his house, and and it was raining outside, and we wanted to shoot BB guns. So Evander, we took a wooden box and put it in front of the doors. You remember those glass sliding doors in the basement? We put it in front of the glass sliding door. And we sat back there inside, and we shot BB guns hitting that, hitting that box. Well, my, my time came up. We were tied, and I, I aimed, and bam, missed the box, and, and, and the BB uh, put a hole in the glass. Well, we were little, trying to figure out how to keep it from his mama for a while, so we got a little mask and tape. Now, here's my question. The, the little BB still put a hole in the window. Or you could take, or you could take a, a, a big hammer and 
throw it, and it'll put a hole in the window. See, the BB or the hammer still got to replace the window. So now, what sin gonna cause you to lose your salvation? The BB or the hammer? Because sin is sin, and that glass being replaced is that glass needing to be replaced. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So I submit to you today that you're saved by grace, so sinful actions don't cause you to lose your salvation. And yet the Bible does not teach once saved, always saved, because yet there is the possibility of renouncing your salvation. But Jesus has made it difficult for you who have tasted him. Think about it. Taste and see that the Lord is good and then renounce him? It's going to be difficult because you're going to have to think about all the times it picked you up when you were down. And you're going to have to think about all the ditches he, he got you out of when you fell in it. And you're going to have to think about all the time he healed you and fed you, hallelujah, when you didn't deserve it. You're going to have to think about all the time he was good when you wasn't good. You're going to have to think about all the time his mercy didn't let something happen to you and it was supposed to happen to you. It's going to be difficult for a God that gave you his love and you felt his presence and you loved others and you received his love and you walked in his love. And when you were hurting, he came and comforted you. When you were lonely, he came and he talked to you. It's going to be difficult for you to get to the place where you heart your heart that much to say, I don't believe it, I renounce you, and I don't want to have nothing to do with it. something about when you've tasted the Lord, it's hard to forget about him, it's hard to let him go home, because you've come to a place that I can't do this without him, I got to have it. And besides, what are you going to do with the fact that you are now in him? And there's something about being in him that you'll never forget about what it's like being in him. Ah. And what are you going to do about the fact that uh, you no longer have your life, but you're now living in his life, and the life you now live is the life of the Holy... How are you going to reject him when you've had that much intercourse and intimacy with him to turn around and say, I renounce you? All right. It is possible, but he's made it difficult. I am now going to take you through what it means to be saved by grace. To show you why, even though scripturally it is possible, how he has made it difficult. Are you ready for this? Let's begin at the beginning of some things that we've been talking about, the word gospel. Write that word gospel down. And go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Let's begin with the word gospel. And I have, uh, I have something I want to show you on this. Now, we have defined the gospel as what? Say it. Good news. But we have further defined it as the nearly too-good-to-be-true news. The nearly too-good-to-be-true news. In other words, this news is, is, is so 
good that you wonder, is it true? Amen? Nearly too good to be true news. Now, here's the issue about the gospel. What is that nearly too good to be true news based on our bad teaching, our, our, our past teaching? <laughs> based on not our bad teaching, <laughs> but our past teaching. Based on our past teaching, what is the gospel? Oh, y'all ain't been in church. Based on the past teaching, we've discovered that the gospel is grace. It's the gospel of grace, right? And grace is unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor extended towards mankind. Grace is unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor that's extended towards mankind. And, and, and it was extended through Jesus. It was extended through Jesus. Now, the gospel of grace. Now, my question is, we're dealing with precision this year. My question is, I know the gospel is grace, and I know grace is unmerited favor. But show me specifically, precisely, the news that was nearly too good to be true. The news that was nearly too good to be true. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and let's look at this news that Paul said was nearly too good to be true. Verse 17. If you're there, say amen. amen. Verse 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ. So this salvation is available to how many men? All of them, any of them. If any man be in Christ, what is he? He's a new creature. Old things are what? And behold, all things are become what? All right, now how many of you are born again and you are in Christ? Now let me explain to you what happened. You are born again, you are in Christ, you are a new creature. All right, now that was not so when you were born into the world. When you were born coming through your mother's womb, you were born into the world as a what? Come on. You were born into the world as a sinner. You were born in the world as a sinner, not because you sinned. You were born in the world as a sinner because of what Adam did. You are, oh, I've got to say that again. You were not born into the world as a sinner because you sinned. All right, now listen to me carefully. Sin is not what makes one a sinner. It is sin nature that makes you a sinner. You're not a sinner because you sin. You are a sinner because you were born with the nature to sin or you were born with the root to produce sin. An apple tree is an apple tree because it's got an apple root. A sinner is a sinner because it has the nature of sin. Your salvation is not based on your sin. It's not based on you doing good. It's based on your faith. People don't go to hell for sin. They go to hell for rejecting Jesus. Now, in this message, Your Security and Grace, I share spiritually sound doctrine on the widely debated topic of once saved, always saved. 
Now, many of you watching me right now have been in the church all your life, and you still don't know the truth about this subject. Get this teaching series right now so you can know with confidence what the Bible says about eternal security. Listen to our announcer for more details and information. The question of whether or not you can lose your salvation has intrigued the body of Christ for many years. In his teaching, Your Security and Grace, Creflo Dollar gives you biblical insight into this controversial topic that will settle this raging debate once and for all. Request your copy of this enlightening teaching by calling or visiting us online and discover why you can be eternally secure in grace. Imagine receiving a gift you didn't deserve. Creflo Dollar's powerful two-part message, Favor is on My Side, reveals how God delights in showering you with unearned, undeserved blessings. Request this teaching today, and we'll also send you his series, Grace Unleashed, and his book, The Triumph of Righteousness, all for a specific gift to the ministry. Get this inspiring collection today and live victoriously knowing God's favor is on my side. Outside of the box that they put us in Keep shining, shimmering, listening Illuminate lights for the love And let them know love made its life on the cross, yeah I'm saddling up to keep traveling Talking to the ones been straddling People have been impacted by grace from our church specifically And as they go out on the field, to the missions field We're seeing people minister differently than they did before It's not just uh, about just preaching and, and, and preaching love only, but when you preach love with grace, it literally is empowering preaching. When you show Jesus as grace, it lets people know in the mission uh, field that, you know what, I'm free. Uh, I don't have to live this way. I don't have to stay in poverty. I don't have to stay in sickness. I don't have to stay in disease uh, because literally, because I'm saved, I'm free, but because of grace, it's not my fault. What you'll find in a lot of places like Haiti, in Africa, is people think they're sick, people think they're poor because of something they've done wrong. Uh, they think, well, because I've done wrong, because I've sinned, this is God punishing me. So I have to stay in this condition. But our ministers go out to the field, our missionaries go out to the field, and when they minister to people and say, you know what, no, you're free, it's okay, you're forgiven, all of a sudden you see these weights and scales fall off of people and they start realizing, I don't have to stay in this impoverished state any longer. I'm free, I'm the righteousness of God, I've been forgiven. Now, where's my stuff? Not, not just the material stuff, but I mean the stuff that's due and owed to them because of they uh, realize that they are the favor of God and they are God's favor. everything. You deserve a break. Leave it all behind and escape with your sisters to a breathtaking getaway in beautiful Destin, Florida. It's about embracing you. At Taffy Dollar's Women's Retreat this September 25th through 27th at Sandestin Golf and Beach Resort. This is your time to relax, refresh, and rejuvenate yourself in the Word with dynamic speaker and teacher Beth Moore, contemporary Christian artist Jordan L'Oreal, and stimulating workshops and activities galore 
Two unforgettable nights of great fellowship and pure fun. September 25th through 27th at Taffy Dollar's Women's Retreat in Destin, Florida. You need it. You deserve it. Don't miss it. Register today. If you're looking for a church home and want to stay connected to Creflo Dollar Ministries, join us at a World Changers Fellowship Church in your area. Visit us online at CreflodollarMinistries.org to locate the World Changers congregation nearest you. Because of you, Creflo Dollar Ministries is providing a new understanding of grace and empowering change in the lives of millions of people every day. Your love and financial support make it possible for this broadcast to be seen and heard in multiple languages on six different continents. We thank the partners and friends of Creflo Dollar Ministries for making this program possible. For your love gift of $25 or more, the Word Network will send you a special bottle of water taken directly from the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized. Luke 3.22 tells how the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven saying, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The Bible lists several scriptures where water was used to spiritually cleanse, purify, and heal. Now you can own a bottle of precious water from the River Jordan that was blessed and prayed for by the Word Network. Order several to use for special occasions or give as gifts to family and friends. Call today and we'll rush this special treasure to you immediately. The phone number is 855-730-WORD. That's 855-730-9673. Or order online at thewordnetwork.org. Thank you for your generous love gift. Because of your continued support and partnership, we're spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and hurting world. Want a way to enjoy the Word Network anytime, anywhere? You can by downloading the new Word app and taking us with you. Stream your favorite shows or catch the ones you miss. Share the Word blog with your friends on Facebook or Twitter. And enjoy a daily Bible plan you can read or listen to. Stay connected to the latest ministry, music, entertainment, and more 24-7 by downloading the Word app. Or go to thewordnetwork.org for more information. And he said, the sole justification for your existence on this earth is to lead another person to the Lord. Have you seen the Word website lately? We've got a brand new look with updated interactive features like high-quality streaming, live broadcasts you can access from any phone or mobile device, an up-to-date broadcast schedule, Facebook and Twitter news that's easier than ever to share, and a blog to exchange your ideas or opinions. But don't take our word for it. Stay connected to the latest ministry, music, entertainment, and more by going to thewordnetwork.org. Catch the inspiration of Joseph Prince next on The Word Network. Pick up your smartphone or tablet and follow The Word Network on Twitter. Go ahead. Join the conversation and be a part of the family. Follow us and we'll follow back. The following paid program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. God wants you to reign. Today with Joseph Prince. While waiting for the promise to manifest, always meditate, God cannot lie. Impossible. And therein lies our hope. 
you have an inheritance of God's best blessings today. This month, as a thank you for your gift of any amount, receive Joseph's latest two-sermon audio series, Inheriting God's Best, and a bonus booklet, The Priceless Gift of Righteousness. Through his perfect, finished work, our Lord Jesus has made you righteous before God. In Joseph's latest two-DVD album, See the Invisible, Do the Impossible, you will learn how to grow in faith and experience greater breakthroughs. For a specific gift, you will receive this resource together with a special edition of Joseph's devotional, 100 Days of Favor. Be sure to request these resources today. Walk in greater confidence and assurance of what you have received in Jesus. To order these resources, call us toll-free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org today. It's easier to get a person who never tastes all these things, all right, push them to them the gospel, and then they, it's easier for them to be safe than people. Well, 80, the end and believe me, distinctive, to be distinctive is to be unique, and then to be similar is to be like, and yet I want to talk about being distinctively similar. God, in my text, is speaking to Joshua, who is a protege or a mentee of Moses, and God says to him something that is absolutely amazing. He says, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. That's, that's some shouting stuff right there. Because God did some amazing stuff through Moses. God did some real fancy, showy, shiny stuff with Moses. I'd have kind of liked to have been Moses. Just, just at the Red Sea part. You know, to throw your staff out in front of your congregation and everybody looking at you and the wind is blowing and all of a sudden the Red Sea blows back, you know, and your hair is blowing in. Oh, I don't have hair. But your, your beard is twitching in the wind and, uh, and you got your staff up in the air and, and God does all of this public showy fancy stuff and, and especially considering the fact that Moses' congregation was kind of mad with him right then. Because he had called them out of the familiar into the unfamiliar. And whenever you challenge people to come from the familiar to the unfamiliar, they're not nice. <laughs> they're not always nice about that. Why did you bring us out here and all that stuff? And Moses says, just shut up. It goes like this, you know, and the wind blows and the water parts. And it's real cool. Yeah, I like that part. Yeah. Moses got to go down to the president of Egypt and, and walk in and do his stuff in front of the president of Egypt and, and eat up the, the, the serpents of the magicians. It was bad. It was awesome. And God says to Joshua, As I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. That's, some good, that's good news. And yet Joshua never, ever smoked one rock that brought water. Joshua came down to the Jordan River and threw out his rod, and the Jordan River just said, say what? He 
had to go all the way down into the water before he saw change. His predecessor never even got his feet wet. But when Joshua got ready to fulfill his destiny with his mighty charge in his hand, what worked for Moses didn't work for Joshua. Joshua had to step down into, can you imagine your whole congregation looking at you and you throw out your rod, you know, hey, he's with me like he was with Moses. You throw out your rod. He is now, no, he is now. Uh, wait a minute, I got to prime it a little bit. Let me step down in this water. It's, it's going to part in a minute, Charles. Come on, come on. Don't be afraid. It's going to part in a minute. Uh, uh, we, we, we're going to get out of debt in a minute. Don't be scared. Just stay with me. We, 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 we're going to own our own house in a minute. Don't be scared. Just stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. We, we're going to raise our family. We're going to come out of this in just a minute. And water all the way up to my knees, and I'm still going. And then, all of a sudden, they got a rumble. And the water started moving back out of their way. He said, oh, it does work. Come on. Distinctively similar. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. I will be with you. The same way I was with Moses, but you are not Moses. You are not who inspired you. You are not who inspired you. You are not who trained you. God is going to be with you as he was with Moses. But you are not Moses. So you have to discover your own uniqueness to accomplish your purpose. Or you'll step in the water and it doesn't move and you'll say, it didn't work for me. And God is still with you. But God and you don't form the same coalition that God and Moses did. So you have to be willing to be distinctively similar. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. But I will not do with you what I did with Moses. Can you recognize God being with you to the same degree, but creating a unique experience? God does not do encores. Everything God does is a designer's original. So while you want to be mentored and you want to be developed by people, you don't want to imitate them. Because God says, I will be with you like I was with them, but you got to be yourself. Because if I wanted Moses, I could have kept Moses. You're a new generation and a new expression 
of an old idea. If I wanted the old idea, I could have kept the old idea. I want you to refresh it. I want you to hit the reset button, but don't expect the same old pop-ups that I did with your daddy because I've been there and I've done that. And God is finished with that. What do we keep and what do we let go of? We keep the promise of his presence, but you have to be willing to let go of what you had in mind. Because God didn't promise to do what you had in mind. In fact, God said, I will do a new thing in you. For the former things are passed away. Moses, my servant, is dead. The former things I did with him are dead. When I, when I made Moses, I made Moses. When I called Moses, I called Moses. When I used Moses, I used Moses. Stop being a copycat. Be who I created you to be. Tell somebody and say, be who God created you to be. The promise is not a duplicate copy. It is a unique promise built on an old presence. The only thing that will be the same is as I was with, so shall I be. I will be with you like I was with the one who inspired you, but you will not be them. The promise is I will be with you. Throughout the chapter, over and over again, God says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I will not leave you means you won't be out there by yourself. In English, when we read, I will not leave you nor forsake you, it's a little bit confusing to us because if you think when you read, leave and forsake to us is the same thing. I'm leaving you. I forsook you. It's the same thing. So why did God say, I will not leave you nor forsake you? Because when you study it out, to leave somebody is to remove your presence. But to forsake them is to emotionally abandon them. You can forsake somebody you didn't leave. That's a class all by itself. You can emotionally abandon someone that you still come home to. Somebody wanted to shout, but they can't because they're sitting right beside the forsaking. God says, when I get ready to get something done, I don't leave it, and I don't forsake it. I don't leave it. I don't withdraw my presence from it, nor do I withdraw my emotions from it. My physical presence there is followed up by my emotional attention there. So when God wants to see something succeed, he doesn't leave it. 
nor forsake you. And he said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. I will not emotionally abandon you just because I'm disappointed in you. Still to come on the Potter's Touch. God said, I will not leave you. That's my power. I will not, because I feel the glory of the Lord in this place. I feel anointing in this place. I will be with you. I was with you when you was eight. I'll be with you when you're 80. I was with you when you were seven. I'll be with you when you were 70. I was with you in your mama's belly. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. I ordained thee. I sanctified thee to be a prophet unto the day. You couldn't have been born by yourself. I'll push you out of her belly, and I'll push you out of this storm. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Are you carrying weights and creases? that had nothing to do with you. Are you being victimized by you? Remove the obstacles in your path with destiny steps. Somebody's about to take flight. Clear the runway. Start the engine. Buckle your seatbelt because God is teaching me how to flow into my destiny. For your gift of any size, you will receive Bishop's timely message, Destiny Flaps Together, on CD from the series Destiny Steps. And when your gift is $65 or more, you'll receive Bishop's six-method series, Destiny Steps, on DVD. Go ahead and master where you are. And after why, without you even trying to do it, where you started will turn into where you're going. That's what destiny is pulling you into. However, for your gift of $110 or more, we'll also include our helpful Be Still clipboard and notepad. It's time to be the you God meant you to be. Your destiny is already in you. Work that thing out. I am distinctively similar as I was with Moses. So shall I be with you. But don't play Moses. Joshua, do you. Glory to God. And if you do you, I'll do me. Glory to God. And together we will walk through life. And the promise I give you, no matter where your feet trots, no matter where you walk or where you go, up hills or down valleys, abased or abound, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, I will not leave you nor forsake you. People may leave you. Friends may leave you. Opportunities may leave you. But God said, I will be with you every step of the way. Destiny step. Wherever your feet trot, God said, I will not leave you. I will not. I feel the glory of the Lord in this place. I feel anointing in this place. I will be with you. I was with you when you was eight. I'll be with you when you're 80. I was with you when you were seven. I'll be with you when you were 70. I was with you in your mama's belly. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. I ordained thee. I sanctified thee to be a prophet unto the day. You couldn't have been born by yourself. I'll push you out of her belly, and I'll push you out of this storm. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Woo! Oh! Bless his name. 
And God said, I'm going to be with you. Playing scales is, is just boring. Somebody get on the keyboard and, and, and play me some scales. You know, I played them. My mother taught me to play the scales. And she would be in there cooking, and I had to sit on the piano and play scales. My sister plays the piano. She was classical pianist. And I grew up listening to her playing scales. And scales sound nothing like recitals. Play me a scale. Into the Phillips Arena. If you keep on going, 
what God told you to do. If you stick to it and you don't leave it and you don't forsake it, God will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You don't have room enough to receive. Can the church give God praise and glory for Boston? I'm in the process. I'm in the process. I'm in the process. I'm in the process of parenting. I'm in the process of being a wife. I'm in the process of being a mother. I'm in the process of being a husband. I'm in the process of law school. I'm in the process of starting a business. I'm in the process of building a career. I'm in the process. I'm in the process. But don't count me out and don't play me cheap. Just because I'm in the process, something's going to happen in my life. Can I get a good praise going in here? Listen, I've got to close, but I am nowhere near at the end of all I have to say about this. I've written a book about destiny. I've been teaching my church about destiny. It has revolutionized our partners. As people begin to come aware and become increasingly aware of who they are and whose they are, and that God has a purpose and a destiny for them, then they stop meandering in the fields of mediocrity and make a complete decision to move forward with their lives because they're not waiting on you to tell them who they are. They know that destiny has determined them to play a particular role. It may not be big, may not be famous, may not be world-renowned, but it's important to the kingdom. And whatever is important to the kingdom ought to be important to you. Be who God created you to be. Stop trying to be like other people. You have to discover your own uniqueness to accomplish your purpose. Keep that in mind, and I'm sure God will strengthen you and bless you. Before we close, can I invite you to Megafest? I believe that God is doing something, stirring up all kinds of blessings. We're going to have fun. There's no question about that. There's going to be laughter and good times and fellowship of all types of people. It's not just what happens in the service. It's what happens in the restaurants and the elevators, the hotel, even on the plane, on the bus. It's what happens between you and the kids traveling. We need to get our families back. We, we need to be centered again. Come on down to Megafest. We've had a tough year in this country. Seen a lot of things that were very disturbing. But I believe as we come together in Megafest and we join hands and pray, I believe we're going to break strongholds and command chains right here in this country or wherever you're from. God bless you. Take care. I want to make sure that when you leave here, that you leave here on a whole nother level. You don't have to live in the dark feeling like you never know what to do. God will lead you and guide you and direct you. He's not some agenda. He's not just all Jesus. Do you know how strong his role is? I just need you to reach up in the heavenly and cry out big. I need you to release it over your life. You want to just reach back and dig in and see what God did in your life then. It'll give you a clue about where you're going now. Every day you wake up and you're adding to the kingdom, you're subtracting from hell. And that's why the devil can't stand you. I know that there's a force on the planet much higher than the facts and it's called the truth of the word of God. The anointing is coming on your life to change your season. Anoint me! My end is not your end, but it's going to be similar. My goal is not your goal, but the truths are going to be similar. 
I won't end up where you end up, but what it takes to get there is still going to be similar. If I had to suffer, you have to suffer. If I have to crawl, you have to crawl. If I have to wait, you have to wait. And I want to tell you something. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Consider this the trip of a lifetime. And we hope that you'll prayerfully consider going with us on this very special tour. Get more information at daystar.com slash Israel Tour. The most watched inspirational figure in America. The only place to get a full hour of Joel Osteen is Tuesdays at 9 Central only on Daystar. Is every relationship in your life perfect? Of course not. Neither am I. God's the only expert. That's why we turn to Him. That's the cool thing about this uh, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You can watch programs to help you have better relationships with God and with others. They start with hope and inspiration. You've experienced it. Now tell a friend about this star. Today's generation makes Daystar their home for fake television. Daystar, experience it. The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Because he was beating me up every other day, he could slap me and kick me uh, on the floors in public, on the streets. I had no self-worth. I had... I didn't think that uh, I deserve anything better. I believe that I deserved his treatment because it was in the Koran. Feeling trapped in one abusive relationship after another, Ishik Amba lost all hope until she found true freedom. Next on Life Today. Hard to find a friend 
that wants to see you win. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Trouble on and come to destroy what we believe. But the dream lives on inside of me. Grow and strong inside of me. Through it all, my dream is will survive. Whoa.
head to you, baby, it ain't over. As long as you've got breath in your body, it ain't over. <laughs> Makes no difference what the devil has told you. Makes no difference what the naysayers told you. It ain't over, it ain't over, it ain't over, it ain't over, it ain't over. It ain't over till you win. There might be somebody here tonight. You feel disconnected to your dream. You say, that's a dream I had when I was a teenager, and I've, you know, life has happened to me, and I've, I've, I've long forgotten that dream. But can, can I come out here, y'all, see? It ain't too late. I got good news for you. Maybe there's nothing that you've done that God can't and won't forgive. There's no place that you can go, and God is not there. He even knows how you got there. Come on, pat your foot like this and snap your finger. Come on.
Good morning, good morning, good morning. All right, y'all be out there in prayer shift to ministry land. Okay. All right, let me open up a prayer. Shandeke, 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 Shande
Randeke, Shandar Rukose, Shandar Rukosa, Shandar Rukose, Parambraka, Shirokose, Sharadaka, Roboko, Shindeke, Sharadaka, Shirokose, Shindeke, Harambraka, Shirokose, Shindeke, Shirigeshe, Shandara, Kumbra, Harande, Tere, Rukorombo, Kosa, Shide, Roboko, Harandeke, Shide, Heriko, Rombaka, Shirokose, Dada, Yes, 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 and Rosaka, Rumbo Kosaka, Roshe Kesha, Dashandirukose. Yes, 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 Father, we praise your name. Shindiru Kosaka, we glorify you. Shindiru Holy Spirit, move. Shindirukose, move. Shindirukose, move. Shindirukose, Shandrasse, move. For Rumbo Shirukasa, Shandirukose, Shirukasa, move. Shindiru, as the anointing of God increases, as the word of God increases, Shandirukose, move. Shandirukose, Shandirukose, keep us where we need to be at. as you know we give you the glory and praise in Jesus name I pray amen 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 <sighs> Back of my concoctions. Even though I got to get out of here this morning, so let's get this show on the road. Right. Gracious Lord, our Father, we come to you this morning with outstretched hands, Lord, with an open mind, with an open spirit, Lord, open heart, asking that you come into these places, Lord. And asking that you rule and you rest and you abide, Lord, that you be within us, Lord, that we seek to be with you. Lord, asking that you allow your will and your power to rest, rule, and abide within us, Lord, that will keep us looking to you, that keeps us seeking you, Lord, that keeps us being in your midst. Lord, we thank you for the covering that you give each and every one of us. We thank you for reigning over our lives and in our hearts, Lord. And we just want to come to you this morning to just say thank you. There is so much that you do for us, Lord, to help us sustain the life, even when we're not even in accordance with you, Lord. But you allow us to... Continue to live to see another day, hoping that we will begin to see you and begin to see your grace and the mercy that you allow each and every one of us to be blessed with. Lord, I thank you for my family. I ask that you continue to touch their lives. Lord, I pray that your word and the life that, that I live, Lord, and the prayers that I intercede on their behalf, Lord, that they begin to see you in a different light than how they've seen you before, Lord, that they begin to seek you on their own and they begin to reach out to you. Lord, I thank you for all of my children, asking that you bless them 
in order that you continue to keep them on that straight but narrow path. I lift before you prayer shifting ministries as a whole, Lord, thanking you for <clears throat> this vessel, this instrument, that so many of us are able to be blessed, not only to be a part of, but even to take advantage of and be able to hear the words and the messages that you send to us. Lord, I ask that you continue to allow your word to root itself into prayer shifting ministries that we may continue to go stronger in your word and your will, Lord, that you continue to prepare us for those things that are to come. Lord, I also pray for prayer shifting ministries family members, asking for their continued strength, Lord, asking that as we seek that their minds continue to be like yours, Lord, that we intercede on the behalf of one another. We intercede on the behalf of the world and on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Christ. I ask that you touch, heal, and restore, Lord, that we become in align with you. Lord, I also ask that you touch my household, touch the Cab County government, the city of refuge, and we care, Lord. I ask that you continue to strengthen me as I continue to move towards the mark of the higher calling of which you have directed me. I ask for healing and strength in my body. I thank you for the life that you breathe into my lungs, Lord, and it's to your son, Jesus Christ, that I give you all the glory and all the praise. Amen. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Go ahead and do my list. Unless you got a comment, dear. You got a comment, dear. You got a word, dear. You got something you need to say, dear. Huh, huh, huh. I'm talking to you. Oh. Yeah. You know, did you read the text I sent you last night when I went to church? No, my phone, I don't get them downloads. It won't, you know, my phone acting goofy again. Mm, that's, that's what it is. He, <clears throat> let me go back to my, um, what I said. <clears throat> he, um, the pastor who did the revival, he, um, his scripture came from uh, Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. And uh, oh, and um, he, you know, he preached that thing yesterday. I laughed so hard because, um, you know, he was. um, I read the scriptures. It's um, Isaiah six one through eight. In the year that King um, Isaiah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, 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 and the Lord is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, 
and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of the the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth. <clears throat> excuse me, and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And his subject was, What happens when you see the Lord? Mm. Oh, I promise you that thing. It, he, um, he, it was really good. I wish I could have, um, you know, got a copy of it. But um, he was, um, and, you know, he basically was saying um, some of what you know theologians say about verse one when um, he said that Isaiah mentioned that he saw the Lord <clears throat> in the year that King Isaiah died. And, you know, he says some theologians talk about <clears throat> the robe that, um, you know, the train of the robe that filled the temple and whether or not it was um, the the um, train of God or was it the train of, of Uzziah. And he said um, <clears throat> he leaned, he's leaning towards, um, what did he say? He said he leaned, you know, he was asking who did Isaiah really see? And he said he was leaning more towards um, the, you know, him seeing actually the Lord, you know, even though it it, um, acknowledges that uh, Isaiah died in that year and, you know, talking about the burial services. He said, but when he looks at the history and no... um, and he's familiar with King Isaiah. He's talking about the power and the strength that and the authority that Isaiah had. But he also talked about um, the power and the strength being, um, in, I guess, in my words, you know, just because, you know, King Isaiah had all of this authority doesn't mean that he is able, um, you know, to do things according, you know, things that he wasn't called to do. He said, according to the history, um, and he used it in layman's term, a pastor, so to speak, a preacher, um, I guess whoever, the pope or whatever they called him back in that time, were... um, well, the priest came, you know, the priest was late to do the service. And Isaiah <clears throat> said that he um, he had, you know, I guess paid attention. And he was familiar with the protocol, basically, that the priest would take with the sacrifice, the burning of the incense, um, 
And he felt that since the uh, priest was late to perform the service, that he, it was okay for him to do it. Say, well, that's okay. I'm the king. And since the priest is late, I, you know, because I've paid attention to what he does, I can perform the service. And he said that Isaiah was stricken down because, was stricken for that because, you know, even though he was king, that was not what God had called him to do. And something about this is how how and why people should, you know, know what their calling is and stay in their lane. And he said, basically, though Isaiah was the king, he was not called to play that role. And God put him in his place. And he said, oftentimes it takes God, you know, to move people out of the way. And he said it was during, uh, it was through um, Isaiah, because Isaiah was being a, was a prophet, I guess a prophet in training, so to speak. He said that it was through the transition or the moving of Isaiah out of the way when he actually was able to see God the way he was supposed to have seen him. And he basically was just saying that, you know, Isaiah, in a sense, you know, because of his reign and the way he ruled, that sometimes it makes it difficult for people to see truly who God is because sometimes things are in the way. And he asked basically, what is it that you need to get out of your way so that you can see God? So, <clears throat> you know, he went on and talked about that. And um, I think the most profound statement that he actually left me with, he said, you know, we use the word of God as a window and not as a mirror. And he said, we use it to look through a window to look at people and judge people, but we don't look at it, look at the word as a mirror where we can see ourselves. I was like, all right. I said, interesting, you know, and I, I, you know, that's the one major thing that I remember throughout that, you know, I mean, that was profound enough for me to retain and hold on to. That's interesting. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A window and not a mirror. Because mm-hmm. we might find that to be true. <laughs> I said we might be scared what we're gonna find that we're looking at. <laughs> right. And and he gave a you know, I guess an analogy of you know, when we grow in Christ, you know, some people become judgmental. We forget the things that we did in our past. Or our present. You know. Mhm. And so he said, you know, I think uh, an analogy he used, he said, like the mothers, he said, you know, they forgot, you know, when they were young, they used to wear the little short skirts and the short dresses. And now that the young people are wearing those short dresses, instead of, you know, looking at themselves and, you know, 
how they used to be and try to find a way to relate to them, they usually looking through the window and judging them and, and, and talking about what they should and shouldn't do and how they shouldn't dress as if they've never done it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, then. all right. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. Um, also, yesterday I talked to my brother. We've not talked in a while. We've just really been, Carlos, we've been, you know, just texting, you know, seeing how everyone was doing. And uh, we happened to talk about, um, you know, this this profession you know, that I'm in. And he was shocked about some of the things I was telling him about the profession of, uh, you know, the profession of uh, counseling and how they teach things. And, you know, basically, um, you know, I told him even though there is a portion of counseling that's, you know, pastoral or spiritual counseling, when you look in the, you know, sector of mental health, that um, you really... You know, when you look at things from a spiritual level, they kind of look down on that. And he was saying how he never knew that. And, you know, I gave him a couple of examples, you know, of how we are taught not to, um, as they say, transfer our feelings and thoughts onto the client and how we have to, I guess, um, I guess, negate or, you know, adapt to the client as opposed to, you know, us, uh, you know, having the client adapt to us. And I was just telling him how, you know, that's, you know, following suit with the way the society is going right now by forcing, you know, you to accept or, you know, the world to accept, you know, certain ways of life. And I and I mentioned, I said, before the Supreme Court ruled about same-sex marriages, they always encouraged us that when <clears throat> you're speaking with a client and you're referring to relationships, that you use the words mate or partner because you, you're, you know, you're, try, you're trying not to exhibit or reveal any biases to your client and because you don't know what their, you know, uh, sexual orientation or preference is nor what gender they identify by and the fact that you may be, you know, if, if you're doing an um, individual session, you, you don't know until it's dis- disclosed to you what their sexual orientation is and by saying my husband or my wife and this may be a... Um, homosexual person, it can be offensive. So, um, you know, we talked about a couple of those things. And um, my brother, which shockingly to me, because, you know, we've talked about it, he um, he started talking to me about um, uh, demean, you know, demons and demonic powers. And you, you, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you're aware of it, that you know, a lot of times in church, a lot of churches draw the line at certain things. 
you know, things that they do not um, preach about, things that they do not teach about. And to be honest, I was not aware of what my brother, actually none of them or my father's stance on those type of things because those are not many things that you hear, you know, discussed in the pulpit. So, you know, and he, you know, his, um, he was so um, compassionate in a sense towards me. And his thing was like, big sis, if you just understood, you know, about the demonic forces and the things that I've seen, I told him, yeah, hey, <laughs> is all that I can say. What what you say, like, bro, you, you, you just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Just a couple of days. <laughs> right. Sure. I was like, you know, I said, I mean, I got speech. I said, man, I said, I feel you. I feel you. Because, you know, he, you know, we were, um, you know, just piggybacking off of one another. And I, you know, I said, you know, sometimes life, you know, uses so many oxymorons because, you know, they say knowledge is power. And I said, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, um, the more I know, the more I don't want to know. <laughs> and, my, you know, my brother said he just told his wife Sunday. You know, he, um, he said, I don't, um, he said, uh-uh. I only he said I he said ignorance is bliss. I said, <coughs> honey, you can't even you can't italicize or put that in bold enough. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I I told him I said sometimes I feel you know, I said on a daily basis, I'm like, God for real. Mm-hmm. I said because a lot of the stuff that now he's opened my eyes to see, I felt I was better off. Not no. Mm. It's such a nice place. I said, mm. but now that I know, you know, now you have to be held accountable. Well, yep. Yeah. And yeah. I said, you know, and I said, honey, I can walk around with a sign on say ignorance is bliss. <laughs> and I'm okay with it. And I told him, I said, you know, things happen. So so much is going on. <clears throat> You know, in those demonic forces, I said, you know, people ask me, oh, you sure, were you here yesterday? Well, you sure did miss this? And I tell them, no, I didn't. Mm. I said, because the way things are going right now, in all honesty, I said, when they say that God protects babies and fools, I tell everybody I can be one or the other or you can combine it and I can be both of them for all I care. Okay. I said, this is truly a time in my life when I really don't care what people think I am. I don't care. They think what I said, because what I do know that I know that I know, I'm good. I'm good. And and the least of my concerns is what you have to say about me and how you feel. So, you know, it was just. It was enlightening because again, I didn't really know what my uh what his stance uh was in regard to that because you know that's part of the you know a spiritual world a lot of people don't want to talk about 
know, I was like, we good. I hear you. Amen. And, you know, before we got off the phone, you know, which, which, you know, was not surprising, but, you know, he prayed for me and, you know, just instantaneously. It wasn't that he asked. It's just like he went straight into prayer, you know, for me. And, you know, that was the end of our conversation. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro, I might have to tad better than my idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about big sis, you just don't know. You should have told okay. America. Why didn't told you tell well, well didn't you I didn't. The, the main reason we did not go into the discussion is because we have been. Um, talking for a while, and he was getting ready because, you know, he was getting ready for his uh, Bible study. Oh, okay. You know, so he was, you know, running a little behind his already, um, you know, he we related, I can say it like that, you know, lateness ain't nothing to us, being late to something, but, you know, he had not prepared himself. He had a long way to go and he needed to be gone in the next few minutes. But I I say I, I believe that I said um enough to let him know. Uh yeah. I feel you without giving him any specifics. Yeah, I was like, Yeah, buddy, yes I do. So and he, he began, you know, without going into details, he talked about a friend of his, and he said somebody that he, you know, knows very well. And he said, you know, and he said he's a, you know, God-fearing man. And he said, you know, that spirit just he wasn't aware of. It. And I think he said something about it's been four years, you know, um, uh, since it has happened, and, you know, he said it's just, he said, Big Sis, is just a serious thing, and a lot of people don't understand that demonic spirit is something. <laughs> yep. I hear you loud and clear. Aye, aye, Captain. A lot of people don't want to think either. I'm going to be in another co-worker about it. Three of us talking about and the two of us just got into a conversation. You know, we were we were there, and uh, we're all believers. But the one was like, "Oh, I don't want to hear no more. That's too much." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." And she walked away. And she was like, oh, no. "I don't, I don't want to go." I was like, "Oh." Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Some people just want to be they don't care. You know, they, they right. You know. Right. But everybody has that love. Everybody has that love. You're right. I will meet them like that. But it is funny. Yeah. But I'd rather be ignorant, so I'm going to put y'all on. <laughs> huh? I'd rather be ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Place to be in, and I think um, a lot of people, 
believe when you when you say ignorance is bliss, you know, they're looking at looking at it on the what I would say the lighter side of life. They're looking at it looking at it in regard to um education or being oblivious to those carnal things that happen in our you know, happen around us or in our environment. But, you know, for those that, you know, actually know who God is, you know, that's that's real petty and minor in our opinion and in our eyesight. Because, you know, ignorance is bliss is us knowing what happens in the spiritual realm and how things, you know, you know, seeing what happens in carnality and in the world and understanding that there is a spiritual reason or association that a lot of this stuff is, you know, as, you know, the stuff that's happening and the fact that we know spiritually what is to come. So, you know, again, to me, when they, you know, when you look at that, even that uh, statement, they're looking at it on the surface. Now I just look at them like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Is, is that all you think it's about? Mm-hmm. Okay. You're breaking up. I can't really hear you. Is that bad? Okay. You guys are too empty. You're too empty. You're too empty to go to God. You need to be more in reality. And I had to tell him, like, do you not understand everything that you're saying? I'm saying the same thing. I'm just telling you the right. same thing from a different Right. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it becomes a challenge when you're dealing with people, too. It's a real challenge. Right. 
So, like, the deeper you go into getting an uh, understanding of what's really going on, the more you go, you know what, you really don't want to know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, and, I, and you know, um, I think even uh, my family used to think I was a little crazy. You know, they, you know, shun stuff off. They're like, okay, you're just real scary. But, you know, even when we look at, um, you know, we would look at movies and stuff like that. I would, you know, I just look at them and I'm like, I, I really don't understand how you guys are really want, looking at this and you don't see how this parallels to real life. You all just really think this is a movie. Mm-hmm. I said, uh-uh, but I see truth written all over this. <laughs> And nothing but. Written all over it. So. It's just like. It's, just, it's an interesting thing. Life is an interesting thing. Hmm. That's to say the least time. How interesting is that? Getting out of here in a few minutes. I might as well just do the reading. Okay. on the call back in. Um, but, no, he was saying, um, what, what um, Prophet Karin was saying was that when God created us in his image, he created us as spirit first. And he gave our spirit dominion over everything. And so when we became flesh, he was saying that um, you know, we still had that dominion. But it's because it's because of our disobedience and shame and our pride. Those three things is what disconnects our spirit from the flesh. It makes our fight so much more harder than usual. Because the thing is if we are if we are if we are in our carnal being, if we are in our flesh all the time, no matter how much dominion we have, it's not gonna work. 
because our spirit connected to God. God is not going to, he said, I'm never going to strive our flesh. So no matter how much we want something to happen, as long as we're in our flesh, it's not going to happen. But the thing, here's, here's the awesome thing, and we all can attest to this. When we humble ourselves, when we humble ourselves and we make it no more about me but about the other person, no more about me but about what God wants, everything that we have seen, everything that we have spoken begins to manifest. So it's in our connection and in our humbleness through God that our spirit dominion takes place and we are strengthened and we have power. But the farther away we are from God, the less power the less power we have. And I now understand, Sam, when you say we have to we have to go before God, not just in prayer, but speaking in our you know, speaking in the spirit and and having that connection. And, and you know, and the fast is important and I didn't start it yet, but I'm gonna do it. Because that was another thing he revealed to me. It's in the subjection that we are able to take our focus off of God, off of self as well. Because if you're not eating anything, you're not worrying about what your next meal is going to be. Because you know that that you know your your focus should be on Him and not on me. Right. So it's like okay, I get. And when I got that yesterday, I was like, oh my God! And if we are to talk about it today, it's just like okay, Lord, the confirmation of the revelation. I appreciate it. So. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, let me pray. Uh, can I pray real quick? And then I have to try to get to work. I'm I'm trying to get better at being on time because okay. you know, the man watching oh. me. Oh, um, so you you bit by that bug too? Yeah, okay. I got you. Yeah, I'm I feel you. I, I gotta share this. I I have never been under a management that will bring in HR because I've taken all of my PTO. Mm. I've never been under management like that. And so um, when my dad was here, I took my last day of PTO before he left on the 3rd of July. When I came in on the 6th of July, I got an email from my manager saying, I want to talk to you about your PTO and taking that day off. Now, when I got the email and the invite for the meeting, all I see is her name. So when mm-hmm. I walk into the the meeting, it's her and HR representative, and I'm like, okay. And so long story short, the other day I went and talked to her, and I told her, I said, the reason why I got offended is because you didn't come and talk to me. You didn't come and talk to me. Well, I shouldn't have to... I shouldn't have to baby you. I have kids at home. I said, it's a common courtesy. If you had an issue with me, I said, yes, I knew I didn't have any more days. But my thing is, why would you bring HR into it? That was something that you could have just said, Felicia, this is it, your warning, whatever. But you brought HR into it, for real? And I said, and then you didn't even put it in the memo that they were going to be here. And so she was like, well, if you would have clicked on this button, you would have seen that it wasn't just you. I mean, I'm looking at her like, and so right. I'm, I'm just like, okay. So I didn't know about the button. And I told her, so that was a miscommunication. And I had to apologize. But she didn't accept the apology, and that's what irritated me. You know, it was just like kind of like still justifying what she did. And so 
I have to, we as believers have to understand that what we assume and what people will do are so diametrically opposite that it's just kind of like, I've got to stop, the, the spirit of offense is so strong uh-huh. now. We have to be careful. Uh-huh. We as believers have to be careful because the thing is, it's so easily to be caught on to and be offended. And then after we get our response to the offense, we look around and be like, well, why am I offended? And I almost went off. I almost did. And it took nothing but the Spirit of God to tell me, Felicia, it's not even that important. And I said, okay. And, so I, and I said, okay. And I said, I said, okay. I mean, you know, I did what I came to do. I came to apologize. So, you know, whatever. But um, that being said, Father God, I thank you for the truth of your word. You know, that's all we can stand on now. In this time where people are being wishy-washy and, you know, and, and having no respective um, personal opinion, personal belief, we know that in you we have, we have truth and we have meaning and we have love and we have grace and we have mercy. And so God, we just pray right now for the church, the ministers, the apostles, the bishops, the missionaries, all who come in the name of the Lord, all who come in the truth of your word, not being politically correct, but actually coming at, coming and, and speaking your word and using it exactly how it's supposed to be, like a two-edged sword, cutting us under the spirit and the flesh, making known to man their, 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 um, their shortcomings without you so that they can turn to you. And so, Father God, we just pray that you would continue to uphold them and strengthen them in spirit, mind, and body. <clears throat> hold back the hold back the spirit of sickness, illness, disease, and affection. Hold back the spirit of offense. Let us be able to withstand any opposition, any anger, any bitterness, any violence that comes at them because of the truth of your word, oh God. Even though in your word you said adult there was in this time people will hate us because of you. So Father God help us not to be offended. Help us not to take the hatred personally, especially because they see the God that's in us. And so, Father God, we just thank you for that. We ask that you would continue to strengthen us in our faith in you because you said hearing, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not by, not by anything else but by your word. So continue to let us, us saturate ourselves with your word, oh God. Inspire in us your word and let it take root, deep root, oh God, not shallow roots, but deep roots that cannot be that cannot be shaken and cannot be plucked up. And Father God, we also come for those who are abused and addicted. We come for those who are um, imprisoned, both in mind and in body. And we come for those who are unsaved. We come, oh God, because they are looking. They are seeking. We even come for the atheist, oh God, the one who says that there is no God. You said, Mm -hmm. your son said, Father God, forgive them because they know not what they do. And a lot of them don't even know you. They're not trying to know you. They they knew you, and because you weren't a genie in a bottle, because you didn't answer a prayer that they thought that should be answered, they decided that you did not exist. So, Father God, we pray for them right now. We pray that the light shines for those who believe you believe in you, who have relationship with you. Let the light so shine that those who see them, those who are abused and addicted, those who are imprisoned in their mind, those who are who, who are not standing and believing you, let them see that light, oh God, so that they can they can say, I want that. 
I want that. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of being being confused and disillusioned. It's only through you we have clarity of thought. It's only through you that we have we have, we're able to walk in peace and in joy and in patience and in humbleness. And so, Father God, we just thank you for that. We thank you because. We are standing in the gap for those who cannot pray for themselves. We pray for those who have lost loved ones this week, oh God. We pray for those who have people in hospice who are clinging on. We're asking for miraculous healing for them, God, right now. Those who are dealing with cancer, those who are dealing with blood issues, those who are dealing with physical issues that are hard to even name, but they're named, oh God. But you said your name is above every name. And so we know that with your name that there's a power to heal and set free and deliver. So, Father God, we, we claim that right now for them in the name of Jesus. And we come right now for Sam and Erica, that you will continue to walk with them today, oh God. Bless their hands. Whatever they put their hand and mind to, oh God, let it flourish for your glory and for their, for their good, oh God. We just thank you. We give you glory and honor that only you deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Are you still on the phone, Felicia? Yes, ma'am. I'm going to pray for you real quick. Lord God, we come to you this morning lifting our sister Felicia before you, Lord. We thank you for her life, Lord. We thank you for her testimony. We thank you for the fact, Lord, that she has a keen ear to hear the words that you speak to her, Lord. We thank you for the fact that she opens her eyes and she sees the things that you present before her despite what it appears to be, but she sees beyond that. Lord, I ask that you continue to strengthen her and cover her, Lord, creating her a new spirit, Lord, that she will be able to walk firmly and steadfast according to your will and according to your word. Lord, I ask that you cover and protect her as she is finding, you know, herself to be in alignment with your word, but also, Lord, asking that you continue to oversee her place of employment, Lord. I thank you for her family, Lord, and I ask that you cover them and you protect them and you strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. You 
I've, I've, I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, is 10 minutes too long or should I keep it at five? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't want to, you know, I want to, that's the part I'm praying about now. Like, Lord, how long should it be? Because <laughs> mm. oh, okay. I know, I know I, can, I, can do, I can go there, you know. Uh, anyway, back on me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you noticed how they're keeping fluff in the news more and more lately? Keeping what in the news? Fluff. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I yes and no. Uh, when I do, because I I don't watch the news regularly at all. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. don't. I think yesterday was it yesterday? It was yesterday, and I think that's because I happened to be in a, um, went to get something before I went to church yesterday evening, and I happened to see the news. But this week, I promise you, I've been so exhausted and consumed with things, I go home and don't even turn the TV on. Good job. I need to get there. (laughs) I need to get And I'm too tired. I'm just like, yeah, like. Hmm. Yeah, I don't really. um, You know, I don't. It's a lot of foolishness in the the news. Did you see the thing that I posted on my Facebook page yesterday? about the woman in Memphis and her uh, child. I didn't look at it because I know I was going to get upset if I saw it. Yeah. Um, I felt the same way because the interesting thing about it, I think, 
Yesterday is when I posted it. The night before. Yesterday was what, Wednesday? So Tuesday night, I had to complete an assignment about counselor awareness, you know, self-awareness. And so it was just really a lot of things, you know, uh, reflecting about me, how I feel, what I think, you know, especially thus far in this program and the experiences that I've had throughout my internship and the type of clients and their backgrounds that I've encountered. And one portion of it asked me about the difficulties and um, who, you know, what population of individuals will I think that I will have the most issue or problem with assisting. And so I, you know, I had to do a little self-reflection. I had to think who will I have the most issues with. Initially I knew one of my concerns would be, you know, the um, homosexual population. Uh And, you know, homosexuality and HIV clients. Well, you know, God threw that in my face soon as I started uh, with my internship, you know, I have two clients that are HIV positive. And I was like, for real, this is this how we're going to do this? So, you know, I've, you know, spiritually and prayerfully have worked my way through that. And so with my self-reflection, I realized, hmm, pedophiles, women, you know, pedof- you know pedophiles, uh, people who abuse innocent children and women, you know, and I and I think that I would have difficult being um, fair because of I, I feel that they intently and purposely manipulate and take advantage of the innocent, those who are unable to defend themselves. And so that's what I, you know, wrote about, you know, because, I, you know, I think my personal, you know, um, you know, opinion will ride so much that even when I'm looking at them, you know, it's going to take me a minute to get out of, you know, how I feel because a, a lot of them seem to have this nonchalant, aggressive type of, you know, behavior and the way that they speak when they talk about things, you know, as if, you know, the other person or the the person that they, you know, taken advantage of should have been more aware or should have been more intuitive than they were. So making, you know, putting the blame on them as opposed to blaming themselves for doing what they've done. And so I, and even in writing it, I was like, Lord, you have already shown me that you will put different things before me. And I don't know, you know, if this is something... You're going to present before me again. And I'll be doggone. I wake up in the morning. That's the first video on my page. (laughs) And, you know, and I looked at it before I hit play. And I said, Lord, I said, this is usually when I come in and, you know, have care for, you know, I I pray. Then I, you know, do my little morning ritual, meditate, pray, just look over some things. And then I start getting into the regimen of beginning my day. And it just so happened I've been tired, tired, tired. Oh, but Tuesday night I get more rest than I have been getting, and I'm up and alert on Wednesday morning. <clears throat> and so that that video came on. I prayed before I looked at it, and I said, you know what, Lord, you sure not got a way of doing stuff. I just said in this paper last night, this is my issue right here. Mm-hmm. And then there you go. And so I forced myself to look at it. I really did. 
because it, it's sad, but it's reality. And uh, those are, you know, yeah, yeah. That's, that's something. That's something. Uh, all I can say is that's something. Um, I'm back on. Oh my! I was not thought he was on mute. So, <laughs> but it's an interesting thing because they had the my niece posted yesterday. I guess because you know, I guess a second part to it because the woman's mother actually um, was on the news, and apparently this is somewhere in Memphis or the surrounding area of Memphis where it took place, and the mother said something about the guy who took the video. You know, I, I, I can't, I don't know if it's the father of the child or not, the infant or not, but, you know, she was saying that, you know, truly her daughter is in some, you know, distress. She's having some issues, and, you know, she's in a facility and whatever. But she was saying how the father, you know, made it seem just made it seem negative towards the mother and something. So I really didn't understand it because it was very, very low. But, um, you know, um, a friend of mine asked me, you know, they found fault in the father or whoever was recording it because it was a six-minute recording of the woman actually throwing her baby, newborn baby. She would actually, I think her daughter was about eight years old, and she would force her daughter to pick the child up, and she would take her daughter's arms and make her throw the baby. What? And yeah, and and I'm just saying it was interesting. So she made her throw the baby, and she actually, um, when the baby was on the floor, he all he had on was a diaper. I assumed, I mean, I assumed it was a little boy had on with a diaper, and when he was on the floor, she would kick him and, you know, like push him further away with her feet. And so I was like, Lord, this is just, you know, and one of my arguments was, you know, I know everybody want to talk negative about the father, and I'm sure he has his fault. I said, but in all honesty, in my opinion, if he had reported her, and this would just be him talking, if he didn't have footage, how would he prove it? So it's sort of right. sick that he would record it, but at the same time, it was needed. He didn't right. put it on Facebook, though. That was the thing. He didn't have to put it on the media. He could have it what he needed it for. Yeah, good morning. Well, I that. was full. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm a, for me... You know, maybe social media wasn't the place to put it, but I guess to me, it you know, it was a a, a way to see huh? what really goes on. Oh, oh, you did it. You know, <laughs> and in my world of counseling, um, she got some issues for real. But Erica, when you think the father played a, a he played a big role, that you don't think that they. He made her or planned her or they set up and planned that and then go try and put it on the baby. But he was stupid when I heard him say, uh, I, ain't, I ain't got nothing to do with it. I ain't got to, you've got a lot to do with it, you dumb dude. Yeah. It was, it was a whole interesting dynamic. It all up and down, too. 
Yeah, I was not happy with it personally myself, so I I feel you. I, you know, when I saw that video, it it took me back. It took me back um, because you know my I, my nephew's father, he got all high up right there at the pre Easter, what you call Easter Eve, mm-hmm. and we, I don't know exactly what happened with, with the baby. He killed my nephew. He was two months, three days old. He died on Easter morning. And it's just heart-wrenching. And then I could, I, it just took me all back to the actual actual court case that we had to go through three times. In fact, we just got a letter that within last month that his appeal has been totally denied. So mm. praise the Lord for that. But it's just. And we had to actually see them watch the autopsy and how cool the judge was during mm. the delivery of the prosecution's present his case of the baby. Well, we absolutely had to sit there. And I, you know, I did with anatomy, and I've done autopsy and worked with cadavers and stuff like that. And to actually see them take every organ of our baby out and lay it out in front of us all the way down. Mm. And when mm. I saw that, I, I just wanted to just go somewhere and just clean. And it's just amazing how the dad is just as responsible as the baby. His, the daughter was fine and cleanly. She didn't want, she didn't want to be a part of that. And she was a little girl, so they wouldn't hold her responsible at all. Well, you know, and like I told Sam some time ago, one of my faux pas, I guess you can say, is, you know, I see things and I look beyond the the here and now. I see, you know, future, you know, in the future, futuristic ways how it affects them. And, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's like how this will linger with this little girl and how we actually, you know, set the stage for people, you know, I can't say just our children, but how we set the stage for people to con- to stay in this continued cycle of whatever you want to categorize it as. You know, and this is how cycles, con- you know, because this little girl can actually grow up, if not receiving the right type of guidance, this little girl can actually grow up to do the same thing and not even understand, one, what she's doing or why. Exactly. That's going to be forever embedded in her mind. So, you know, like I said, I see what is being presented before me now, but I look beyond today. I'm looking, you know, years down the road, and I'm like, Okay, well, I'm like you. My stomach hurt. I'm like, Lord, this is just too much for color TV. I just think that it actually happened. And then, I, and when I saw it, I I immediately could relate to it. I couldn't even watch it all. I couldn't. I could not. Yeah, I had to stop it and go back and to it. You, I, I'm not going to even go back to it. I don't see it. When she reached up, put out and kicked the baby. And the little baby mm-hmm. trying to bob his, oh, 
his or her head up like that. And the baby was so innocent. Oh, God, and then the daddy sitting up there. They probably laid in the bed. He probably made her do it or put it in her mind. We don't need another child. So we're going to do this and we're going to say that, that this happened. The daughter did this. No, you're guilty now. If you even present that footage, you just as the mother and the, and, and, and the mother in that time. Well, I don't know if I don't know if I agree with that to that extent because I was listening to some of the things that she said because she was saying something about in the name of the father and and some I was like what's he yeah she was she was in God's name and so and I was like something is really wrong yeah, you know and that's that's that demonic Right, and I'm like, that's a, that's straight a demonic spirit when you try to parallel or correlate, you know, the word of God to this negative and derogatory thing that you're doing. I mean, my spirit was totally conflicted. I was like, oh my gosh. So, yeah, okay, I was like, you know. It- like okay, we, I told you about my cousin. Um, end up, she just it was, she inherited this baby last October. Where her niece, her great niece, came from Jersey down here one Saturday, and she delivered like that Monday, Tuesday. They had one day to find a doctor for. And when she got to the hospital, and she and and they was evaluating her, the baby come on. She said, oh, this baby, here, this baby is evil. This baby is something. This baby is demonic spirit. And so the, I'm so glad, thank you, Jesus, the Lord Lord put somebody there to hear her. So, and, and so the, the, the nurse and the, um, the nurses heard her, and they told Paula, they said, this baby could not go home with her. In fact, we're going to put her in North Father, which is the South Union. She had been off of meds, and she had already been diagnosed with bipolar, schizophrenic, and all this. And first of all, her mother had the business having a baby. She had three. They took off three. Her, her, her two siblings away from them, and they gave them to the aunt, and the aunt couldn't handle her, the, the young lady who had the baby. And she um, ended back up um, in Dyfus, which is that's what they call it in New Jersey. And they gave her to those people. She cut up so bad in foster care where they couldn't keep her there. Then they put her into another unit. They, even the people who were trained to deal with this couldn't even deal with her. But now she's a grown lady. Now, Grant, she, she just had a baby in uh, October, November. Y'all, she is pregnant with twins as we speak. And somebody like, who going to get these children? Who going to get these children? Why won't the government step in and tie this girl to stuff? She don't want to. She don't want the help. Well, see, you talking about, you know, we already know there is, you can't mix the government in with the spirit. You already know that there's a separation right there. No, I'm talking about Taha, too. Uh, that's the step. And what I'm saying, I, under, I hear what you're saying, but what I'm saying is that's just another form of genocide. That You know, you're talking about the government, you know, that's a whole other conversation, honey. I think the government plays such a uh, um, valuable role when we're looking at how things are happening in in the world today. They are making it possible 
for things to be be viewed the way that they are. The government plays a role, in my opinion, in the destruction of people, and especially the destruction of our people or minority people. The, the government comes in and they plant whatever whatever you want to title it to be, and then they allow it to spread, and they watch it destroy us. And that's my point. You know, if they're talking about a destruction of people, we're talking about modern-day genocide. If they're trying to destroy a people, why in the world would they come in and to stop her from destroying herself? She's already spiraling, so they're not looking to stop that spiral. That's why it's important that Christians and the people of God step up because they are making this separation of um, church and state so prevalent. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. They're not getting ready to step in to do some, oh, she all right. They they try to find some other loophole or some crazy statistic to lock, lock this in you know, about some, maybe her family need to do this or something. You know, the government steps in and, and do what they want to do for things that they find more beneficial. And I can't even say really to who, because it all depends on who's in charge. So, amen, and yeah, that's a whole other thing. Oh, my God. See, that gets me on a whole nother soapbox right there. So, yeah. <laughs> it really, would, really does. I would, I would lose my mind if I had, if, if I had, if that's the task that the Lord had put me on to deal with that. I know he, he wouldn't put you on with that. He wouldn't, he's not going to protect his children. But, my God, oh, my goodness. I just like. Oh, my God. I could, I, it is. I think I could watch one minute of it. So you better than I am if you was able to go through that whole video. I did. I I did it. Like I said, I prayerfully did it. But again, you know, I look at it like this. I've said it millions of times before. I walked away from this profession simply because I was like, nope, this ain't what I'm going to do. And God directed me. Um, right back in this thing, and then I had to look at the things that really I don't particularly care to deal with, and God has put me in a position to where I have to face those things that I find to be difficult, to be able to get me over whatever stumbling blocks that may fall in my path again in the future. Now, does that make it any easier? No. But the part of what you miss, how I feel it correlates, is our earlier conversation about ignorance being bliss. When we talk about the demonic forces and the demonic powers and when we see things happening in the spiritual realm. And so is that something I would have chosen to do? Excuse my French. Hell no. Because it, it is conflicting. It bothers me. It bothers, you know, my mind. It bothers my spirit. But then when I look at, there's so many words, the charge to keep I have and the God to glorify. God is putting me in situations that I wouldn't have ever chosen for myself. And I, I can honestly say that. So, again, to be able to 
understand what God is directing me to do, even in my reluctance, in a sense, because it pricks the flesh, so to speak. It was just, like I said, again, it correlates with the um, scripture that I read this morning in Isaiah. Um, do you remember what it was, Felicia? It was uh, 1 through 8, I think, um, or 6, 1 through 8 or something like that. It was Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. And then when you look at verse 8, it says, um, whom shall, um, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, then said I, here I am, send me. And I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? Did I really say send me? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then if I, you know, and to look at it on an opposite spectrum, when I said, here I am, send me, did I really realize what God was, where he was sending me? So I'm like, okay, again, ignorance is bliss. I, I mean, I honestly, that's why I was able to embrace what my brother said to me yesterday because then it follows suit from yesterday throughout this whole day. And then I'm looking at, Lord, you mean I actually volunteered for this? And because the not, you know, like I said, because I am knowledgeable of who God is and what he's doing, it's like, even when I don't want to, I pray for strength and courage that God still covers me and ensures that and protects me that I fall in line with what he's directing me to do, even if it pricks my flesh. So, again, I'm get off my soapbox because you maybe had a headache. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I'm just saying... And I promise you, I had to pray long and hard to even watch the video, and I paused it. But again, in what I'm doing, these are the type of people I'm going to have to deal with. I mean, now in a in a uh, you know in a different type of mindset, I pray God that redirect my path that I don't necessarily have to deal with them. But because I say that he might just show me. No, sorry. <laughs> right. So it's just like, yeah. It just be my look. That's all I'm saying. Good morning.
to take prayer requests because I'm going to be headed downtown. Because I'm not going to be able to do the reading. I don't want to pray no more. I don't want to pray no more. I understand either. But you're doing such a good job and you're so highly capable. I want to go back to the ignorance. It's bliss box. Me too. I don't mind being put in time out with my nose and head in the corner. Yeah, well, you know. It's crazy. Please, can I go? Please, it's like begging. Please, can I go? Please, please let me go to the corner. Yeah, you can go with me. But take this book with you. It's a reminder of everything you've seen and know. (laughs) Cute. Cute, cute, cute. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Any prayer requests? I know I'm gonna get. I'm gonna end this real quick. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, you can pray for me, dear. Do this thing real quick, right? Right. That's what you say. <laughs> Go ahead and get started. That's what you say. Look, I'll be mumbling under my breath. Amen. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, Lord Jesus. From heaven above. Oh, and my body tired, too. Yeah, okay. (sighs) Mm, 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 mm. Lord, we thank you. (sighs) Ah. Well, we thank you for just raining on us, Lord. We thank you for abiding with us, Lord. We thank you for your presence. For without you, Lord, for without you, Lord, I know not where we would be or what we be what we would be doing. But God, I can honestly admit to you. I really don't even want to uh, imagine it. I thank you for your presence, and I thank you for the knowledge that reigns upon us. Lord, I lift Samuel Farley before you this morning, Lord, asking you to cover him, Lord, asking for you to continue to strengthen his body, strengthen his mind, strengthen his spirit, strengthen his heart, Lord, and strengthen his will, Lord, to continue to seek you for guidance and to grab a hold of your hand, Lord, as you direct him down the path that you allow him to go. We thank you for the life that you have given him, Lord, as he continues to seek you for understanding and guidance. And, Lord, how he clings to you even during those times where he just really don't want to, don't want to. Lord, we ask for your spirit just to 
reign upon him, Lord. We ask that you continue to anoint his head with oil, Lord, that will forever strengthen him. Lord, we ask that you direct his path, Lord, and his footsteps that as he walks and talks, Lord, he is representing you and that, Lord, those that he will see along his path, Lord, that they look beyond him as a man and see you, the spirit of God, Lord. Lord, we just thank you. We glorify you. We magnify you. Lord, we just ask that you strengthen his heart, Lord. Cover his household, his parents, and his daughter, Lord, and we ask that you sanctify that place in which he lives, Lord, that when he comes to his house, that it can be a place of peace, a place where he can rest that he's able to be rejuvenated, Lord, that once he crosses the threshold to leave outside the door, that he is armed and equipped to handle those forces that are outside. We thank you for your love and kindness, and it's in your son Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. 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 Any other prayer requests? All right, then. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> uh, I need you to pray for me. You haven't done that in a long time. Right now. I'm trying to get my mind together. I'm trying to bind up these ties here. Everything that I, is in order for school, now I just need to finance. Like the federal government's not going to finance for this first program. But I just need, uh-huh. I got to have thousand is first semester for this one class they're going to allow me to take because, you know, at that level, they're going to take one, at a, one the first time to get your feet wet. I need oh, some my. money just to get my hands on time. <laughs> amen. 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 Thank you, Father. We glorify you, God. We magnify you. Glory to your name, Father. Kasara hasi, shitara hamokoshu, satara hasi ramokoshi tara, yara kasata ramokoshi kasa, keshi kasira boshi tara, koshi tara mokosha tara kashi tara mokosha, keshi tara hasatasi, keshi tara mokoshara, keshi tara kisata, mokisha tara hasika, kosi shetara. Lord, we 
When we look into um, moving ahead, progressing in life, you know, sometimes we see it as our own personal goals, desires to advance ourselves, to put ourselves in a different position. And, you know, God allows that type of thought process at times to take place if it will be that thing that moves you, good morning, that thing that moves you to where he has already ordained you to be. And basically, God has, you know, prepared you to take this route. And he's saying that you look to him, look away from um, what you know, the world is telling you to pay attention to and you seek him so that he can help you focus on what he wants you to focus on. Yes, we understand that, you know, going to advance your education, it takes money and, you know, advance, um, you know, to move toward this place, to advance to where, you know, you are going. God is asking that you continue to seek him so that he will be able to direct your focus or direct your vision so that when in seeking him, he, you, you begin to understand that he's going to take care of those necessary things that, that needs to be addressed, like the finances and the money that's, you know, that <clears throat> everybody keeps making you look at of forcing you to look at, you know, because it's like if you don't do this, if you don't have this money, you're going to have, you're going to, you know, it's going to be a problem for you to advance. God is asking that you look to him, that he will meet your needs. Yes, the world says, yes, the school is saying, this is what you need. The thing is, if God has ordained you to go in this path, he will fulfill your needs. He's just asking you to seek him. He got you. He got it covered. But you need to seek him for that need. And don't rely on your own recognizance, your own thoughts, and all of that to make you, to you know, to validate or justify what it is that they're saying that you need. You see Kim. He will direct you. Even when you're in when you're discouraged or you're dismayed by what they're telling you, you take that to him and give it to him so he can bring it back to you the way that it should be with it all taken care of and addressed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, because, you know, it's to the point right now. I got the interview with 28, uh, which is next Tuesday. And I'm to the point where I really don't even want to go. And that's but, why you have to continue to seek God, because, you know, is it really you that don't want to go? Is it that God telling you not to go? Is it you being distracted about the the responsibility or the financial 
responsibilities that that you are allowing to, you know, bring this, you know, sort of a blasé or negative um, thought process into your spirit that, no, I ain't going to do this. I think it's more so me in a way. Mm -hmm. I believe it. It's me. I'm my mm-hmm. own worst enemy right now because everything else has been aligned and, and gotten into place. And I'm thinking, well, Arthur, you know, you got a whole new faculty that you people come to find out. I got a whole new faculty. Everybody has basically left the scene except for my minor scene down there. And from when I went to school the other day, the people that are coming to the school, with some of the behavior problems, such as almost like what you're talking about today, I feel like there's going to be a, a load on me. And, you know, and I need to take myself out the equation. You're so true. Amen. So, I'm glad you, you took the words out of my mouth. And, yes, it is going to be a load on you, but it's not a load for God. It's not too big of a load for God. And 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 the question is, if not you, then who? And you really don't have the time or the energy to look at the who. You just have to align yourself up with God to ensure that you're walking the path that he directs you to walk in. And, you know, that's one of the things we have to, it, it is a hard thing. You know, society has messed us up so bad that, you know, they want us to pay attention to those outside things. But <laughs> God is telling you to pay attention to him and the things he directs you. You know, um, in last night, um, the pastor who preached that I listened to, it was so funny. Of course, it's something we've heard before, but he said his grandmama used to tell him or his daddy or someone, it takes six months to mind your, you know, to pay attention, you know, to do your things and to mind your own business. And it takes another six months or whatever he said. It takes six months to leave other people alone, and it takes six months for you to mind your own business. Yeah. And then you'll find out you're a whole nother year. That's my cliche have been for years. And so it just reminded me. I started, I mean, I laughed throughout his whole sermon because it just, again, he reiterated numerous things that we are, we've already known. And the thing is, we have to learn. We really have to begin to learn to drive in our own lane, in our own car. But we really feel sometimes the things that God put before us and give us is so difficult. We begin to think our car is raggedy. We begin to think our course is full of foolishness and nonsense. But then again, if you ever walk a day, just a day in the life of someone else's shoes, you'll probably jump back to your own car real quick. You know, there's this African-American author, well, she's deceased now, and her name is Jay California Cooper, and I was introduced to her some years ago, and she wrote this story 
uh, is a short story. And she, you know, if anyone is into reading, I think it would be a very interesting book because it's very lighthearted. And, you know, um, it was a little story. It was a story about this little old man living in this little old town with his little old wife living in his little old house. He just got so, I guess, he was downtrodden about it. He thought that his life was just representative of everything in it, like his little old wife, the little old town. And he sought excitement. So he decided that he wanted to, you know, go to the big city. He took a bus to the big city. The day he got to the big city, somebody mugged him. I think he met this woman. He had sex with this beautiful woman. He ended up with crabs. He ended up getting mugged and beat. He was in the hospital. Um, By the time he healed, I mean, all this stuff happened immediately once he reached the big city. And he was so beaten and downtrodden within the first 24 to 48 hours that he was in the big city. He, He knew that he had not that that big city life was not what he was ready for. He realized that, you know, the excitement that he was looking for was not in the areas of life where he thought it would be. And when he was able to return home, he said when, when they, the story says when he got off the bus, he got off the bus, he kissed the ground. He thanked God for returning back to that little bitty old town. He was so happy to see his little bitty old house. And he was more than happy to see his little uh, his uh, little bitty old wife, and he began to rejoice because, and you know, he realized those things that he thought would bring him happiness did not. And so the thing, you know, the moral of the story is: don't always don't think the grass is greener on the other side, because you don't know what a person has to be equipped with to handle the big city and the big life, so to speak. So be thankful for where you are and what you have because those people that are in places that you desire to be in, you know, they have a greater responsibility. So with more things and whatever else comes more responsibility, and are you going? Are you looking to go into a bigger situation with that same small mentality that you have? You can't do that. So when you're asking God to enlarge your territory, you have to ask for, um, you have to understand that when your territory is enlarged, so does your thinking have to be. So does your work ethic have to be because the more he gives you, the more you have to do to maintain it. And manage it because if you move into bigger things with that same small mentality, you're going to lose it just like you got it and probably a heck of a lot quicker than you got it. So that's where the renewing of the mind comes in. So you're looking to move into a different realm. You have to change your thought process. You have to make sure that you communicating with God even more so. than you have been before. And amen. Thank you for putting the knife away. Thank you for putting the knife away. Thank you for stepping on my tongue. I appreciate it. 
got a lot to think about. <laughs> got a lot to think about. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Any other prayer requests? You can, yeah. Well, amen, Lord. I thank you. Thank you. And, you know, to be stretched by God is not comfortable and it's not easy. Mm. Well, that's the truth. It's really, really not. It's not comfortable and it's not easy. And it's just, it's just, for me right now, I'm in that just place. Because I know and I see what God is telling me, but I also know what I feel mm-hmm. in the flesh. But I also know that if I allow myself to stay in the flesh to feel what I feel, I can never move from this place spiritually. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly tell you, though I, where I am right now in the flesh, I feel like I'm in an oblivion. I just want to be able to get some rest. I just want God to, you know, Take this little, just, Lord, just hold off and take this stuff from me just for a little while so that I can lay down, rest, rejuvenate, re-strengthen, regroup so that, you know, I can just get up with a different or a better type of force and strength and be able to deal and handle. But sometimes life becomes so overwhelming that you're like, this is straight foolishness. Hmm. You're like, okay, God, I, I know what I told you, and I, I have all intentions on keeping my promise to you. I'm just asking that you just allow me a little little moment, Lord, that you could just continue to pour into me to refuel me so that I can be able to, you know, do this thing in the strength that you act, you know, that you expect of me. So just ask, you know, yeah. Sometimes you just want a little downtime. You want a little out because you don't want to be out totally. You just want a little reprieve. Because, see, just like I said, I feel like I just want to go to the corner right now, go in the corner, put my nose in the corner. The corner going to get just as probably more uncomfortable than me doing what God has instructed me to do. So when I say I want to go to the corner, you know, I want time out. I want to be in that ignorance is bliss moment. Believe me, I'm only asking that I can do that temporarily. Because my life has already been exemplified that when I stay in the ignorance is bliss moment or if I stay in the corner, it becomes chaotic to me because I don't understand why people choose to stay in that place forever. So I'm just, you know, for the most part, I'm just saying, Lord, I just want to out for a minute. That's all I'm saying. And life is like that. And that's why if we choose to stay in carnality, we will keep feeling that ignorance is bliss and wanting to go to the corner. And that's why we have to seek God to make sure that that's not where we stay.
from, you know. I, you know, my prayer is that we continue to seek God. Let us not, you know, desire to stay in those places of destitution too long that, you know, we become so accustomed to it that it holds us hostage. I know. <laughs> what, you reading what Sam sent you? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I told him to remind you not to walk into the crack, fall into the crack. <laughs> Y'all the key of crack is whack. That's mm-hmm. prepared by Whitney Houston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said a lot to Erica. Yeah, honey, and I promise you, I'm even more. I understand why pastors are so exhausted when they finish preaching. Because I get tired after a conversation. Well, come and lay your head on my pillow and just relax, relax, <laughs> relax. <laughs> no, you did not pull on that phone. <laughs> this time. <laughs> Yes, he does. Counseling or even, we all are counselors, first of all, because God has called us into this path of, of righteousness, yeah. of his will. So we all have to become counselors. Ministry is counseling. You, yes, ministry is counseling. Anything, teacher, every our walk is counseling. Right. And sometimes we get kind of, Worn out with it and, and a little beat up on it. But look, God gives us strength and energy to come right on back to get beat up some more. Mm. Like mm. the old punching bags they used to buy for well, boys for Christmas with the bows on. You punch them in the nose. I remember I had one. Every time you punch them, you get right back up. And mm-hmm. that's a life, that, that was a life lesson to me. Every time mm. they punch you, you get right back up and, and they go at it again. Sometimes you miss the punch and they'd come and beat you up in the face. That'd be the and, and that, that you took your eyes off the mark. But then, and right, and it taught us so many things. It, it actually taught you to exercise your faith. Yeah. We didn't realize it then. And as we become adults, it's amazing how we become very lackadaisical to those things of our youth that establish a lot of our morals and values and principles that really come from the Bible. You got to keep it moving. Like you said, it's sad that it took me 
for me to realize that, and I didn't realize until today. You just get punched, you're going to get knocked down, get back up. Right. Look, and we didn't even really recall that until Donnie McClurkin sang it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I don't know who this belongs to. What, what is this? Can't hear you, Arthur. So what? Oh, I thought you were saying something. I was saying. No, I'm talking my mom. Okay, my bad. How's everybody doing today? We're doing good, doing good. Yeah, awesome. How are awesome. you? Doing good. Have you heard from Maria? Mm-hmm. She, you know, she started back working, so. Yeah, she. Yeah, they called her back, you know, um, that temporary job she was working on. Uh-huh. Um, you know, somebody, they fired somebody, and I think she was one of the few people on the temporary assignment that they had trained. And so they called her. Praise the Lord. Work. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, yep. Thank you, Lord. God is a is a provider. Mm-hmm. 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 So, yep. That's where her be at. You know, um, I really know I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth off that. 
got the Lord that already spoke to me about my situation. And I was gonna, I, I, I was gonna say, you know how the Lord always provides for you, and He just gives you everything you need in the time you need and when you want it, just what you need. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I think it's more so in my situation. It's uh, I don't want to accept the provisions that was made for me. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I know when I went to do my first master's, I was able to pay it out of straight out of pocket. <laughs> and then this time I'm having to tell, to seek assistance because I'm I'm serious when it comes down to financial aid and federal loans and grants and stuff. I get Erica. I know nothing about it. I've never had one. Thank you, Jesus. I never had one. And I think that's my biggest fear. Understandably. You know, that's my biggest fear. I'm so stopped up right now, Lord. Jesus, I can't breathe. Is there any other prayer request? Oh, ma'am, you've done a beautiful lesson this morning. I love your obedience, spirit. <laughs> Amen. Even if it's with me kicking and screaming. Uh, because mm-hmm. uh, we go, the Lord gonna get it out of you either way, whether you do it voluntarily or you whether you come kicking and screaming. It's just like you raise your children. You made them get in line. Like they might have kicked the screen to get their hair comb or washed, but you got it done anyway. And they felt so pretty when they got away with it. It felt so pretty when they got away with it. I'm glad, I'm glad that's what they felt. Hey, I have a prayer request. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, at 1 o'clock today, I'm going to a basically a retraining boot camp. So mm-hmm. I'm praying for positivity and a new focus. A new first focus and journey. So positive mm-hmm. results. All right. All right. Oh gracious Lord our Father We come to you again, Lord, thanking you, Lord, thanking you for this opportunity, thanking you for your grace, 
Glory to your name, Father. Glory, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sitara kashita sara mokoshara. Hokoshotoro mokoshita sara hasitara mokoshata sa. Sitara hasira. Kesitara koshitara mokoshata zitara mokoshata zara. Sitara kasiha sara. Kesitara hamokoshata si. Sitara mokoshara mokoshata si kasara mokoshara. Kesitara kasara. Kesitara. Glory to your name. Shikasara, Kishitara Mokoshatasi, Kishitara Hasara, Moshatara Hasida Mokoshara, Shitara Hasara, Jatara Mokoshitasa, Kishitara Hasida Mokoshitara Hasarana. Sitara your will has is always open to receive what God has for you. Shitara Mokoshara, Shikasara, Keshitara Mokoshata Sara, Keshitara Mokoshitara. Continue to walk in the path that God is directing you, knowing and understanding that you're covered, you're protected. And God <clears throat> that new thing that new thing that you desire, God is just asking you to keep your eyes open, keep it, keep them focused on Him. Koshitara mokoshara, shitara hasida, keshitara mokoshata si, shitara mokoshatara, kishitara hasara, eshitara mokoshita sara, shitara mokoshata sara, keshitara mokoshita. And embrace the newness of that which you request from him. And continue to remain steadfast in prayer where God is able to, you know, protect and cover you. You know, the interesting thing is that you're, you know, uh, you're asking God pretty much to enlarge your territory. And he's asking that you continue you know, to align yourself up with him in prayer, that these new things that, you know, you requesting of him and that he grants you, that you are able to continue to man it according to his word and his will and the spirit of God and not that which the world will make you believe it needs to be managed. So continue to see him. 
Hello. 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 I'm still here. Still here. I apologize. Somebody walked in my office and I put you all on mute. Look, this time, we know you at work. You got to make that money. Because when I come down there, I do mean I'm afraid of coming. I expect for um, to have my cologne. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Uh-huh. Amen. Let me lift you up, sweetie. I truly Father appreciate God, it. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we mm. come before you, Lord God, thanking you, Lord God, for this sister, Miss Erica, Erica King, Willa King. Thank you, Lord God, for the path that you have set her on. Father God, let her not grow weary and well-doing, but for the due season, she will reap if she... Thank not. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for the counseling and the prayers that she has stood in, Lord God, and she has prayed for each other. We thank you for the lot, the lessons that she has taught. We thank you, Lord God, for the food that she had, you have given her to set the table with, Lord God. And now that the table has set, Lord God, let us eat on that table, Lord God, that you have provided. For we know, Lord God, when you provide that food with us, Lord God, is that spiritual food, the food that will fill us up and give us the strength to run on to see what the wind is going to be. Father God, we ask you, Lord God, to continue to open her eyes and her mind, Lord God, so that she can help others in their time of needs, whether it be those with HIV and AIDS, whether it be those who are going through mental depression, whatever the struggle is, Lord God, there's nothing too hard for you. So, Father God, as 
Smith in her education and in her career, Lord God. Open her eyes up, Lord God, and give her more wisdom to be able to discern that which she can tackle and to discern that which she cannot tackle. But through it all, Lord God, let her seek you for wisdom, knowledge, grace, mercy, understanding, and forgiveness, Lord God. Even the words to say, Lord God, when she's coming up and giving her back against the wall. Father God, we know that this Christian journey is not easy, and sometimes we fall down, but Lord God, we are able to get back up. So when we get back up, Lord God, let us learn from the lessons that have knocked us down, Lord God, so that we could continue to be the stewards, the, the good stewards, the faithful stewards that you have called us all to be. And Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, to bless her, Lord God. Bless her and increase her, Lord God, she can continue to provide for her family as well as herself. And more for more, Lord, do that which we have called us to do. The vision has been made, the stage has been set. So, Lord God, all we need is to play us this place, Lord God, so that she can be, she can finish this, this course in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Lord. Amen. So if that's all, y'all, I'm going to get up and try and make some haste. i got to get some things right. done. They still got my car, but praise the Lord, I don't have to pay a dime for it. They overlooked what I have reported to them from the beginning, and I still got the survey. You know, I'm not a confrontational person, and I don't like to cause problems. And so they asked me, my insurance company asked me to send out a survey online, and I did it immediately. They called I told them that the issue that had not been completely resolved, so they called. And when I went, they found out that the hub bearing, bearing or whatever they call it thing, you don't know about no cars. All I know is you were driving for gas in an oil train or whatever. The <laughs> and come to find out that the hub bearing above, some bearing, that's all I can say, <laughs> it was gone. So the lady I called to see had to fix it. And she said, well, you know, your car got this ONC manufacturer thing. We got to do it just right, so we're waiting on the part to come in. So that will be done. They said, well, Mr. Richardson, we're just going to replace them all, so the two back ones, rear ones, so that would not be a problem to you. Well, I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank mm-hmm. you, Lord, for watching out. Yes, yes, yes. You know, because I would have gone on and fixed it myself, just paid for it, fixed it myself, but have someone else to fix it, but thank Lord I don't have to spend a dime on that. God is such a provider. provider. And that's an example of, you know, you know, patience is a big thing with you. Yeah. 
And, you know, that's why you need to step outside of self. Because, you know, you, I mean, and I think it's not, you know, well, I'm talking straight to you. Patience is your issue, and that may still be your issue with school, too, because you don't want to deal with um, anything dragging along. You just want to pay for it, get it out the way, and know that it's taken care of, that it will not be a worry or concern or something that comes back to you later on. Right. That's it. But, you know, the thing about it is, you know, in patience, God is able to reveal so much more to you. And you are very quick to get things done because you don't want to have to look at it again. But it may be something God wants you to look at and relook at. And it could be something that God is trying to show you. But in your in your quickness to get things over with and done, you could be missing it. So you're going to have to tread more in the patience realm so you can see what God wants you to see and stop focusing on what you want to see just because you don't want to deal with it at a later date. Yes, yes, yes. Next pay a bill. <laughs> you know, I, I've allowed other people who have gone to school uh, for their undergrads and their masters and things of that nature and to 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 get in my head telling me their how much they have to pay back for their loans. I don't like bills. I, I really don't. I don't like bills. That's the reason why I just don't even shop or fly use a credit card because of the fact I don't like bills. And I, I just look at the struggle that I had to go through last year, something I've never had to endure in my life. And it was so fearful for me. And thank God for Maria. She talked me through the whole process. Even to the moment I walked into the building, she talked me through the process. That's we had to call her back. I think you was on the line as well. <laughs> and and it, 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 this stuff, that scares me. It scares me. It really does. Hey, brother, office scares a whole lot of folks. Huh? It scares a whole lot of folks. Yeah, it does, and, and I don't, I don't take this fearful at all. You know, it's funny, but uh, even before the economy fell and everything else, uh, if somebody got hard times by trying to pay their bills or their credit wasn't good, they looked at it as an investment. But after the after um, the economy has failed and more people fall into that same rail, you had more people wearing it like a badge of honor. And I had looked at it and I started laughing. And he said, "What's so funny?" I said, "You know, at the time it wasn't that long ago. You had somebody about running the credit so they didn't get a credit card, and if they knew the credit wasn't good, they'd be kind of shy and standoffish about." Saying no, I don't want to do it. But now, because they know so many other people that had fell by the wayside, they're standing up with their chest poked out and said, No, nah, I know my credit ain't going to be here, so ain't no sister going there. And, you know, they just had a whole new leash on life. For some people, it woke them up and they didn't go back into their um, overspending ways. But then some people, once they got out, they went out there falling right back in. Yeah. 
It's all gravy, baby. It's part of what we do. But, you know, God is asking you not to worry about, you know, if this is, if this is where he's directing you, then you need to direct this um, concerns and issues that arise from where he's leading you to him so that he can take care of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you believe he is your provider, then you have to give him the opportunity to provide. Yeah. Well, ladies and gents, I get off work in about 30 minutes. I got some stuff to do before I head to my internship. So you all have such a lovely day. Enjoy your excursion. Renee, open up to what God has for you, honey. Okay. Felicia. Be you, girl. Be aware. Stay stay aware. Stay on your P's and Q's. Everybody okay. have such a lovely day. Okay, you too. I shall, you I too. shall. All right. All right. Okay, Bye-bye. you all have a blessed one. Thank well, you. Thank you all for the stuff. Thank God for the fellowship. Amen. I was going to say thank you all, but I was going to thank God for the fellowship because he placed <laughs> y'all strategically in my life. I just love each and every one of y'all, and one day I'm going to get a chance to hug on y'all and love on y'all. All right, now. All right, then. Y'all have a great one. All right. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.